Glory and praise to you, O Lord Jesus Christ. Glory and praise to you, O Lord Jesus Christ. You are Peter, and upon this rock will I build my church, and the gates of the netherworld shall not prevail against it. Glory and praise to you, O Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. When Jesus went into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do the people say that the Son of Man is? And they replied, Some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter said in reply, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus said to him in reply, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my heavenly Father. And so I say to you, you are Peter, and upon this rock will I build my church, and the gates of the netherworld shall not prevail against it. I will give you the key, pardon me, I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Have a seat. Today is, so far as I can tell, the only feast of a piece of furniture that exists on our calendar. It's the feast of a chair, very important chair, a chair you can literally go see if you're lucky enough to get to Rome and walk into St. Peter's Basilica as you step in the great doors. The thing that catches everyone's eye most and first is the great window of the Holy Spirit in the back and the altar of the chair. And encased inside this big chair-shaped reliquary is a real, literal chair, like that, but it's a little bit smaller. St. Peter wasn't quite as wide as I am, I guess. The chair, interestingly enough, did not come from Rome. It came from Antioch, which is where Peter was bishop first. So after the persecutions in Jerusalem, Peter and most of the others wound up leaving the city and spreading out, and Peter winds up in Antioch, that place where the disciples were first called Christians. And he lived there, the tradition tells us, for six or seven years before ultimately leaving Antioch to come to Rome. But the church at Antioch remembered that Peter had been with them first. And so years later, they brought his chair, the chair that he had used when he was bishop at Antioch, to Rome as a kind of gift to the mother church and as a sign of Peter's authority. The unity of the church of Antioch with the church of Rome, but the chair as the sign of Peter's authority over the rest of the church. We're used today 
in our classrooms to teachers, tutors, standing at the front of the room, and students, pupils, sitting at desks or tables. But this was not the case in the ancient world. Instead, the teacher would sit at the front of the room or the front of the group, often outside, and the people would stand. And so the word preside or president literally means the guy who sits down when everybody else is standing. The guy who sits in the place of authority. This is why the mother church of a diocese, the bishop's church, is called the cathedral. It is the church of the chair. Now, we can have all kinds of reasonable debates about where church uh, chairs, rather, should go in sanctuaries of churches. I don't like this one, but you get it. But, but what is important is the symbolic value of the chair. For the most important uh, events that a bishop conducts, ordinations, professions, making abbots or abbesses, all these kinds of things, the bishop presides, that is, does the thing from his chair. When I was ordained, both deacon and priest, I knelt down in front of the bishop seated in his chair, and I put my hands in his hands, and I swore an oath of obedience, a promise to be loyal and faithful and respectful, and yes, submissive, obedient to the one who was in charge of me. Each one of us stands in a posture of obedience to the church, to the church as a whole and to Christ who is her head. But that obedience is always meted out through real people, through real, actual human beings. In your homes, the one who presides are your parents. And in fact, the tradition that, that brought the chair of St. Peter to Rome from Antioch was actually called parentalia. It was a practice that the ancient Romans had, which was that after a, a, a parent would pass, you'd leave their seat open like at the table or in what we would think of as the living room. To this day, and we're not Roman at all, we're like as Irish as they come, but in my family's home, nobody sits in my mom's chair, except sometimes my dog, which usually gets a dark look from my father. But, but, but we keep spaces open to keep memory alive, huh? And so the chair of St. Peter came to have symbolic value not only because the guy who sits in the biggest chair is the one who's in charge in the house, but because the head of the church, St. Peter's successor, would importantly stand in for Christ. It's not that we believe that the Pope is like Jesus reincarnated or anything at all like that, but that the Pope does have a unifying role for the rest of the church. Some do this very well, others not so much. But the person is less important than the office. And that's the reason that the feast we celebrate today isn't just the feast of St. Peter. He's got to share that with St. Paul in the summer. It is rather a kind of thanksgiving to God for the gift of authority in the church and the fact that that authority is meted out through real people, our parents in the faith, the fathers of the church. I'll tell you a secret. It's a terrifying thing to be a priest. It's a wonderful thing. It's a glorious thing. But it is a terrifying thing to have someone who is not your child call you father, especially 
when they're old enough to be your dad. Maybe especially when they are your dad. But it's also desperately important. It cuts to the very identity of who we are as Christians. Because Jesus established his church in such a way that our first identity would be as children. Children, by definition, have parents. And so each of us, myself included, the bishop included, the Holy Father in Rome, who sits on the chair of Peter included, needs to first see themselves as child, as son or daughter, as one who has a parent who cares for them, who wants what's best for them, who sometimes has to correct them or reprove them or focus them, refocus them, but who ultimately is willing to live and die for them. We might think, I would certainly be tempted to think, that if the church was going to set up a feast around a piece of furniture, that it would be the altar and not the chair. This is very functional. This is highly symbolic. Some guy sits there in the moments when he's not doing something else. This is where the action really happens. But I think the reason that we didn't isn't just the accidents of history that brought that chair from Antioch into Rome. I think the reason that we didn't is because our focus needs to be here. We feast that, the chair. We feast from the altar.